Jonas Donskoy of the Colorado Avalanche scored his first career hat trick this week, and his teammates celebrated him by just dumping a lot of water in his face as he skated <laughs> past the bench. Uh, it wasn't even like like gentle little squirts with the just the nipple of the bottle it open. Like they it. They took the lid <laughs> yeah. off and like fully dumped it on his face, so he was completely drenched once he got through the flyby line. I thought that was a pretty funny move by his teammates. Well, he was hot. Well, like from scoring so many yeah, goals. That's yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, cool now, off. now his third goal came with like three minutes left in the game. Hat trick's a hat trick. Yeah, and they were up like nine to four, nine to five at the time. So clearly he didn't have to worry about the performance of his jersey being soaked <laughs> with, with water. But uh that was a pretty cool it was pretty funny. And he was laughing about it. If you go the, through the slow mo, he's like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm getting down. Some yeah. good hockey shenanigans. And he was a free agent signing this year for right. Colorado and he's kind of stepping up when uh Landis Gog and Rantanen are out. So pretty so, cool. All that time in San Jose, he never had a hat trick, huh, John? No, he was on the third and fourth line. (laughs) (laughs) Bummer. Sound of Hockey episode 60. We are calling this one the Jose Theodore episode. Uh, Little known facts about Jose Theodore. Actually, probably a pretty well-known fact about Jose Theodore. (laughs) But he won the Hart Trophy. Uh, not very many goalies have won the Hart Trophy. And I don't think that he's somebody that immediately jumps into mind as somebody who is like so dominant that he would have won the league's MVP award when very, very few goalies aside from him have done, have done that. But it was a memorable season that he had that, that one year in Montreal where he just could not be beaten. And when he did win it, it was it was deserved. Yeah. Yeah. He won the Vesna too, I think, that same year, maybe? I think he did. Um, also, he mm-hmm. allegedly had a, a brief fling with Paris Hilton. This is really the most important thing yeah. about him. Yeah, clearly. Interesting stuff. <laughs> uh, by the way, we're going to start with a brief let's get quizzical. Uh-oh. I don't know if you guys knew this was coming. We did not. Okay. Seven goalies in total have won the Hart Trophy. One of those is active. Can either of you name him? Lundqvist? No. No. Lundqvist? No. Fleury? Hey, you... One guess. <laughs> there I were no mean, rules explained. Tukarask. Incorrect. Oh. Your hint is this goalie, this is really going to give it away. This goalie also Jonathan Quick. played no, that's not it. for the same team <laughs> that Jose Theodore was Curry playing Price. at. Correct. That's uh. correct. Okay, now here's another follow-up for you. Only one goalie has won the Hart Trophy twice. It happened in the mid-90s. Bruder. No. Raw. No. Hasek. That's the one. Oh. Yeah! That's the one. <laughs> I guess we tie. <laughs> so, Sound of Hockey, episode 60. <laughs> I am Darren Brown, a.k.a. at Darren Fun Brown on the Twitter. Joined, as always, by Andy Ide. Hello, Andy. How's it going? I'm at Andy Ide on the Twitter. And John Barr. Hello, John. Hello, everybody. NHL 2 Seattle on the Twitter. We start, well, we started with Let's Get Quizzical, but now we're going to do a review, <laughs> uh, which is very exciting. Limitless NW st- says, uh, five-star review, new hockey fan, exclamation point. Love the podcast, new hockey fan in SW Washington. I think that's probably Southwest, maybe. Yeah, Sounds good like to me. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's a person's name. No. Samuel. No, no okay. Uh, <laughs> Southwest Washington, getting excited for the NHL in Seattle. Any thoughts on doing a few intro to hockey episodes for the fans who found hockey later in life? No. Keep it up. I have no thoughts. You have no thoughts? I'm just kidding. Or no, you wouldn't <laughs> do one? Me. I would totally do one. Okay. I would maybe do one. I think we've always taken the approach of... We try to. We, we try to make it so that anybody can listen to us, even if you're not a big hockey fan, but also we want to make sure that it's listenable for the people that have been around too. So We've heard this feedback before. <sighs> we have. And I don't think we've been as good as we have been in the past. I yeah. think 
Remember, we explained the KHL and probably confused the heck out of mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. I think we just, it's a good reminder to be, have a conscious effort to like try to explain some things and bring everybody along. Yeah. yeah. We could, yeah. we could, maybe, maybe we shouldn't workshop this on the podcast, but we, yeah. we could like maybe think of a segment where people, new hockey fans like this person, maybe on Twitter or something, give us questions they might want to know about. We could have a segment. Yeah. All right. Good. Talk about something. All right. Well, something how about, we're how about everybody? It. Wade. Are you taking notes? Yeah. Does, All right. Uh, does Wade have a pencil? Uh, He's got a computer. Yeah, we uh, can't give him sharp things. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. But let's let's have the, the listeners give us feedback on what they want to hear in that sp- spirit of the kind of the more intro yeah. hockey stuff. Maybe we do it at the tail end of the show. So mm-hmm. experienced people might not need to listen. Or... For it, yeah. Anyway, think about it. Let's address the elephant in the room. And no, I am not talking about Wade. Uh, I am talking about <laughs> this Don Cherry thing. Now, I'm I'm not going to dance on his grave, personally. John, I have a feeling you will. <laughs> but uh, obviously what happened was he went on, you know, his coach's corner and started doing this kind of crazy-sounding rant, which most of the things he ever said were uh, crazy-sounding rants. And he said something that was just a little bit more insensitive than, than even he usually is, uh, as he was ripping on immigrants in Canada for not purchasing poppies for Remembrance Day and not wearing them. What made it worse is that Ron McLean, who I always feel like he's kind of his, he was always kind of Don Cherry's like policeman. Like when he, when he said something that was a little over the line, he would at least cringe or do something to or make it show like, maybe ah. even call him on it a couple yep. times. Yeah. Uh, this time he just nodded along in approval and it was just like, no, like it, it's, it wasn't okay. After the this thing happened, everybody went crazy on Twitter and got really upset about it. Sportsnet puts out a very sort of half-assed apology the following day that really has nothing with comments from from Don Cherry himself. And I think what they were doing, and I saw a, I saw a tweet from Greg, Greg Wyshynski about this that he had seen a source say they were basically floating that out there to see if it, the the storm would blow over. Uh, it didn't, so the result is that Don Cherry was finally fired from Sportsnet. Yeah, and it goes a little bit deeper than that, right? Like, Ron McLean actually issued an apology mm-hmm. on their hometown hockey segment the following day. Saying he should yeah. have caught it. He should yeah, have said something. And, and he, he owned up to it and apologized. Um, and then the, and the NHL, same day, the next day, released a statement as well about not being you know inclusive in mm-hmm. what hockey's and about. And the NHLPA. I didn't see the PA, but yeah, okay. So then the Toronto Sun actually mentions that he has no intention of apologizing Mm -hmm. and frankly doesn't realize what he said was insensitive or probably more accurately didn't care if he was offending Mm -hmm. immigrants. Or anyone. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. But it was directed at immigrants. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's... that's Yeah, it's pretty clear. Definitely, and usually of a different color. Mm -hmm. Um, And the media jumped on him and several people, a lot of influential media writers said, it's time that he needs to go. Right? This is enough. And that usually doesn't happen. Usually they defend him, the media defends him, and somebody, you know, apologizes for him and, and... it's kind of, oh, he's, you know, just this crazy old man. And good on the media for not backing down because that's a lot of people fear attacking him mm-hmm. because of the retribution of all his fans. And mm-hmm. he is a an icon in Canadian hockey lore, right? There's no, yep. no ifs, ands, or buts around that. But, you know, we've known for years, and clearly I've made statements and we've here talked about it on the podcast, yep. yeah. that I am not, I never thought he was good, well... I shouldn't say I never thought he was good for hockey. I don't think he's good for hockey now or has been for a while. 
He's never he's never like grown with the sport. He's still yeah. stuck in the, like, this fifties mentality. Well, and a lot of us have grown with society, right? Mm-hmm. Or grown up, mm-hmm. right? He never did. And this isn't the first thing he's ever said that's caused controversy. No. This is a, there's a long list of things. You go back to, I mean, he's always like hated Russians and Europeans, but then yeah. he, but then and French the Canadians, French Canadians yeah. and women. He didn't like women reporters. He had some comments about that yeah. a while back. And then he, he got into a tiff with, uh, with some of those former enforcers who are out now talking about concussions and how they want to curb fighting. He called them pansies or something like that, or pukes and got into a big spat with those Even, guys like Stu Grimson, those kind of yeah, guys. Yeah. And Carcillo, Daniel Carcillo, yeah. who's pretty outspoken on Twitter, former player has talked about um, the seriousness of head injuries. Mm -hmm. And literally last week when uh, Don Cherry mentioned about the Sabrin hit Mm -hmm. and he was like, oh, he's fine. He just got, he just got knocked out. He should be fine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, and Carcillo went on Twitter and says, when are we going to get this guy off the air? Yeah. About that comment. So this, is, this has been brewing. He's been yeah. walking that line for a while now. Well, and it's, you know, I think it's one thing if you say something that is like, oh, that was a stupid thing to say. But this is how, like how he lives and believes, you know, yeah. is that hockey is not for everyone. Canada is not for everyone. And, and I'm not a Canadian. I don't live in Canada. I've only been to Canada a few times in my life. But outside looking in, it feels like a place that tries really hard to be inclusive. Hockey, I think, tries to be inclusive, even though it's a historically very much white man's dominated sport, right? And there's no getting around that. And we're three white men talking about (laughs) this right now. And that's not lost on me either, you know, but at the same time, it's just, it's the opposite message of, I think, what every aspect of the NHL is trying to do by saying hockey is for everyone. Um, To have somebody who's such a huge ambassador for the sport and such a huge, um, part of the culture of the sport saying things like this, not just on a one-off thing. Oh, he said something stupid that he can apologize for, but this is obviously how he feels and, and how he lives. And he continues to, to spout that week and after he's week. He's got it's the like, platform. Yeah. 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 And it's always right on that line where it's like, that was, that was a little racist, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was a little insensitive. That was a little Sexist, uncomfortable, a little, a little whatever. whatever. And this one was like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts around it. He is talking about immigrants, and it's not appropriate, and it can't be on TV anymore. And that was finally what it was that that did him in. So um, I said I wasn't going to dance on his grave, but then I just <laughs> went pretty hard. But well, I mean, that's, you're not, that you're is not, the, you're not dancing. I mean, I mean you're, you're not celebrating you're, that he's fired. Or yeah, you're that. saying just, like this had to happen. Yeah, I mean, right? I wasn't really ever calling for yeah. his for his head because I did see that other side of it too, of him being an icon in hockey, and he's. You know, I, I get the people that are grasping for old time hockey and they like fighting and the you know, all that stuff. And and there is some comedy in watching his his shows because he's all over the place. And he rambles. Yeah. And... But for God's sake, like you just you can't continue to do things like this. And, and he, it's time. he had become irrelevant time. to me for the most part. I mean, I, I stopped tuning in 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I mean, when I was younger, I always watched. Mm hmm. But over time, I, I got tired of him. And the only time I ever had seen him recently is when something like this happens, and there's there's clips all, all over the internet. Yeah. So I, I've been saying I've been ready to say goodbye to that guy for a long and time. He, and he's impressionable, right? And yep. and people are watching him. People still watch him, mm-hmm. right? So as much as we might not watch him, people, people do, do, and people listen to him. Yep. And so there's, there's people are upset and, today and that, because that's of that. on CBC, right? Mm-hmm. That's a a public. It's a national station, yeah, a yeah, government basically. Yeah, TV. I mean, it, he's employed by Sportsnet. Sportsnet does the show, but it's aired on CBC mm-hmm. on Saturday night. So anyway, uh, good on Rogers for for you know. Yeah, because they're going to take a little bit of a hit. They right? are Some PR for this, but but I, I think I think the PR hit of not firing him would have been much yes. worse. So. Yeah, I think right. I think the, the PR hit they're taking now might be a little more vocal than the than the majority. Of- so what do you think 
Hockey Night in Canada is next for that show. I, I think they should just end Coach's Corner and not try to replace it and just do something different between periods. I would agree. I think, I mean, I think Ron McLean comes out of this relatively unscathed, though, right? Like, I, I think he continues to hold a, a pretty big role. Yeah. I thought that his apology sounded heartfelt, and I, <laughs> I think he's built enough social currency over the years that, um, you know, I think he's going to continue to be respected, but this is a little, it's a little bit of a black eye. But Well, so the interesting thing is they tried to fire Ron McLean twice. Yep. For uh, what? Just, just to make it moving on for younger and kind younger. of getting to a younger yeah. generation. Mm-hmm. Um, but Don so, Cherry's on a funny, <laughs> funny enough is the one that like convinced them to bring him back. So maybe that's a way for them to kind of bridge that then. Right. Cause you have the older generation still, still likes having Ron McLean around. Maybe, I don't know. And, but then you bring in a younger person to work with Ron McLean, but yeah. I don't know how that dynamic. I, li- works I mean, either. I like, I like Ron McLean. Yeah. I, I, I agree they, with you. His apology was sincere and, and he is what I feel is a good person that tries to do yeah. the right things more. Yeah, but you're right though. About it was about four or five years ago, they removed him from the the desk on Hockey Night in Canada for like the intros. Yeah, he his his role was limited to just coach's corner, and then he would do the hometown hockey on yeah. Sundays. So he was he was almost completely removed from yeah. Hockey Night in Canada. And they brought him back after a couple of years of that. So there is a general thought that Brian Burke is yeah, I keep seeing that apparent, um, which would be now, interesting because he's an American. Yeah, but uh, people the, well. They, they, I mean, what I think, I think it would just be interesting. What I think they should do, and I don't know if they'll do this, is bring kind of what is formerly known as the hot stove. Yes. So that second intermission segment. Yep. I've heard of that. Was, that Freeman was mm-hmm. and Chris Johnson now bring that to the first intermission. Mm-hmm. Maybe Burke on the second intermission, very similar to his, his position that yeah. he does in the second game. Anyway, that, that's probably a little detail that not everybody watches Hockey Night in Canada because not everybody gets CBC. Well, and uh, I wonder too if people watch it less because like when I was a kid, we didn't have NHL TV, right? And living in here, you, you didn't have a local team that or all the games were yeah. on. So you re- pretty much just watched Hockey Night in Canada for your NHL fix. Yeah. ESPN some head games. But now with NHL TV, you can choose, if you don't like the whoever Toronto's playing on Hockey Night in Canada, you can watch any game. And, and so I, I wonder if I, I don't think fewer people watch as it much as we, we all subscribe and watch we could I, be yeah i don't right. i don't i don't think we may not be the norm <laughs> most hockey fans do so not everybody's uh, watching two games a night like i no, am on my team no. at the same time yeah <laughs> so <laughs> anyway interesting thing to kind of keep an eye on as far as what they do next um but it was a it's pretty big news no matter which way you fall it's huge. on it uh, in the it's huge and it, yeah. and it honestly it it kind of upset me right obviously i've been on and not been a don cherry fan for a while and i've made that clear mm-hmm. here um, but it bothered me because here I am, a hockey fan, and he's kind of this figure in yep. hockey that represents. And that was it was like a tough forty eight hours for me, to be honest. Like, because I'm like, holy crap, what is going on? Like, and everybody was kind of chasing him a little bit or uh, roasting him in the articles and stuff that I read. But that didn't mean he was gone. So mm-hmm. I'm happy that he's gone. I'm not. I'm not like popping champagne bottles or anything like that. Um, but I, you know, clearly he did, he did it to himself. Yeah. I would agree with that. All right. Well, on the opposite end of the spectrum, inclusivity, <laughs> but Andy, you did some good work this week on NHL Seattle.com, which, uh, is of course the website that we all, uh, work on. Um, <laughs> and, uh, tell us about the story that you wrote on, uh, Connor roulette and Roddy Ross of the Thunderbirds. Yeah. So I, I got interested. Uh, this, what, what made me want to write this is we were at the open house, the NHL Seattle through for, uh, the Northgate 
uh, practice facility. And Deborah Juarez, who's a Seattle City Councilwoman, who I think won re-election, right? She won re-election. Yep. She made a comment at that open house about how excited she was with the NHL was coming, and she said that they're going to work with us on an Indigenous Youth Hockey League. And so that got me thinking. I thought that was a pretty cool initiative if they're going to do that. And I knew that Seattle had these two players, Roulette and Roddy Ross, who were First Nations. They were Indigenous players. So I talked to them a little bit about, and I think once we talked about a little bit about that connection on, on this podcast, when, when Hockey Night in Canada did an Indigenous uh, broadcast. And they um, talked about it too when they were, well, when Roddy was on the show, he yep, talked yeah, a little bit about, a little his, bit about what it meant uh, for experience him. Yeah. growing up there. So I just wanted to get talk to them personally about what, what that connection is like for them, what it means for them. Uh, I, I was pretty impressed with both those guys. Uh, you know, they're young. Roddy's 19 and Roulette's 16. Um, but they are they're aware of the of the role they have for even younger kids in their communities back home and how they're already looked at as role models and people are already watching them and roulette said he's he's had text messages and, and social media messages from people he doesn't know little kids like you know, cheering him on and and i thought that was pretty spectacular and then and then roulette just threw out that he'd already been on his own gone out to the muckleshoot tribal school to volunteer and i don't even think the thunderbirds knew he was doing that so that was and an that's interesting 16 year old 16 year old kid just like you know, that's not his tribe. He's from Canada. It's totally different. And so I, I think there's also an opportunity here to kind of grow. You know, they talk about, about growing the sport and you have two indigenous players here. I don't think that if we're watching the state Native American tribes, that hockey is a big thing. I think basketball might be more of a sport of choice. But here's a chance now for them to see some role models that are already playing here. And then if the NHL were to come in behind that with a league, uh, it's, it's a, it'd be a pretty good um, pretty good thing for it to, to, to show those kids. And there are a lot of indigenous players who are in the NHL, but the ones who are, they all follow, they all are aware of and, and the, you know, and Connor the, Roulette, the role that they have yep. in the, in the community. Connor Roulette mentioned from. Michael Furland of the Canucks yeah. that he actually has met and has done some stuff with, uh, I didn't know TJ Oshie was uh, of uh, Ojibwe, which is the same tribe that Roulette is from. So he was a favorite player of his. Yeah. And Roddy Ross, of course, loves Kerry Price because he's First Nation from BC. And mm-hmm. so uh, they, they really watch those connections. Roulette has a connection with Ethan Bear. Like they know each other. Um, Bear was one of the first people that texted him when Seattle drafted him oh, awesome. um, because he played with Bear, played with Roulette's brother. When they were growing okay. up, and Roulette said he was that annoying stick boy, and <laughs> he was filling their water bottles on the bench and you know, playing many of those guys. And... It's amazing, like all these kids that make the the junior teams are pretty special and mm-hmm. and probably mean something to their communities back home. But for these guys, it's it's more rare, and yep. so that they need to be is like the role models as teenagers, right? Yeah, man, that's at sixteen. That's, that's insane to think <laughs> that I would be a role model at that age, yeah. right? And responsible enough to take that and and run with it like they are. So yep. it's and pretty. Aware of it, yeah. That article was awesome, oh, Andy. And like, if you haven't read it, go check it out. It yeah. really was great. Like, I I again. Not a Canadian. I, you know, I have been to Canada a few times in my life only. Uh, I didn't know. I honestly did not know that in Canada, the hockey is such an, an important part of the culture of First Nations tribes as well. I really didn't know that. So, mm-hmm. like, I, I learned, I'm, maybe it's an ignorant thing for me not to realize that, but I didn't know it, and I so I learned something from that article. So I thought that was really, really cool. And that's another reason why I wanted to write it, because yeah. I had had a sense of that before, just being around some of these guys, but that I didn't know that. I figured a lot of people didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. And, and another thing, too, like those guys get to this level, and that's that's tough, too, because a lot of their communities are in very isolated, very rural parts of Canada, and there isn't a lot of hockey. There isn't a lot of ice time available. And Roddy Ross talked about having to drive two hours to go play you know, from where he grows <laughs> and just to play hockey. And, you know, We talk about lack of ice here in Seattle, but if you're out in the middle of Saskatchewan and – you know, you don't even have gear and stuff like that. So there's some things that they have to overcome. Yeah. So, John, you also have some NHL Seattle news that I know you wanted to talk about here. Kind of some minor tidbits. 
Yeah, I'm not sure it's on everybody's radar, but last week NHL Seattle launched a community site, which is kind of like a central site that has a list of all the hockey playing associations. Nice. What and they have information on learn to play, try hockey for free, and then they also have the other programming uh, out there, which is hockey is for everyone programs like female hockey, sled hockey, L- LGBTQ communities, blind hockey. There's a lot on there. Ice rinks, gear shops. It's a great resource that's probably just going to grow as the Seattle hockey market grows in general. So, if you're interested in any of that stuff, and even if you're just kind of casually interested, go check it out. See what's there and kind of bookmark it, as they say, on because it's going to be updated and sometimes you're going to need it. Cool. Um, and then NWHL. Now, this is an interesting one here. So Hillary Knight, who is one of the players that is uh, not participating this season, uh, had some very, very controversial statements this last week. What happened? Yeah, they were. They had an exhibition. The U.S. team had an exhibition against the Canadians in in Pittsburgh. And is uh, this the the players that aren't participating right now s- specifically, or is this like Team USA? This is Team USA. Team USA but okay. Hillary Knight is one of the so ones. So there that, were some NWHL players there, or no? I don't know. Okay. I don't know for sure. Um, it was just exhibition. It was a camp before they sure. kind of gear up for their rivalry series mm-hmm. with Canada. So mm-hmm. they had basically, you can imagine, it's like preseason, sure. right? A camp and then a preseason matchup with those two uh, teams playing. Um, but, you know, so there was some press around. It's a good time to get the press. And Hillary Knight uh, kind of took some shots at, at the NWHL, which is the, sorry, the National Women's Hockey League. Um, with five teams. Um, and it's the one remaining pro women. The one remaining, mm-hmm. yeah. Probably can't, don't have all the time to go back sure, into yeah, that. Yeah. But she called it a glorified beer league. Oof. She says, it's a glorified beer league to me. It serves a purpose, but it's not elite talented players that are playing at a high level. No. And this is kind of a, a tough position, like I feel myself in, because I am supportive of women's hockey and i Mm -hmm. want to see them have a sustainable league but in general in general and this is another one of those where i feel like you definitely see both sides of it because i think you want to be supportive of the well i think all three of us we want to be supportive of the the women that are taking a stand and saying no we want you know equal equal or better pay right livable wage whatever and uh for somebody to come out and say something like that against the only league that still exists and still gives the, you know, the women that are still just wanting a place to play. Yeah. Right. And and trying to make that happen yeah. and trying to achieve. And trying grow. to fight they through this adversity. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, and I think of the players playing in that league, how they, they take that remark. All mm-hmm. the people working in the league offices or game day and all the volunteers and then all the kids that watch the NWHL like to hear those remarks. From, Especially from one of the best From players. Hillary Knight, yeah. which is easily pr- or probably the, the most identical yeah. female hockey player in USA Hockey right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you said identifiable. I don't know what that word means. Ident- identifiable? Grammar <laughs> <laughs> police over here. Uh, no, just, just using real words, police. <laughs> yeah, that's all. It's kind of a an unfortunate thing, right? And and it's something that I've struggled with like because I want to support both of them. And I think trying to, trying to take shots at somebody else who's actually trying to work on something and achieve uh, a women's a sustainable women's pro league is not a great approach. I understand that's fine if they're not want to play in it, but to like take shots at the only other league going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it went a little too far. Was It'll there bo- any context around it? Like, did, did she follow it up? Question? Did somebody ask her a question? Like, wh- how does she get to that point where she just says, "Oh, it's a beer league"? The only thing I saw was the complete quote yeah. that I just said, and, yeah. and so which I makes don't me know. think that maybe we're maybe we're taking a little bit out of context. But still, that's a that's a pretty yeah. big again. Big you shot. say that you say it. Right. Yeah. I mean, you literally called the NWHL a beer league. Right. Yeah. I have a question. Go. Is she right? 
Uh, I think you follow the NWHL closer than anybody else in this city. So th- would you call the AHL a beer league? Mm, in the sense that they drink beer a lot, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but I also think that they take their jobs very, very seriously because they're trying to well, get better and better at it's hockey. It's a pretty high level of hockey being right. played in yeah. the AHL. So there's, you know, there's 150 or so that are signed on to this um, non-plying or boycotting kind of mm-hmm. association. And so you could say that they're probably close to the top 150 in the world. Who are boycotting. Who are boycotting. Yeah. So let's take that top layer, the best players in the world, out of the picture. They're not playing in the NWHL. Mm-hmm. So that the doesn't make the NWHL a beer league, right? Just like taking the NHL doesn't make the AHL, just because there's no NHLers playing in the AHL doesn't mm-hmm. make it a beer league. Mm-hmm. Right. Same with the Swedish Elite League. I, I, I think it's not a fair assessment. Now, the pool for women hockey players is a lot smaller, obviously. Mm-hmm. Elite, I should say. Yeah, yeah. But there are still a lot of elite hockey players that are playing in the NWHL. So to, that was me I would taking imagine, a long way of saying, no, she's not right. And I would imagine that if the day comes where they do form a, a league whatever they want to call it, that some, a lot of those NWHL players are going to be at that level where they're going to be yeah. in the league. Is, so it's I mean, not like these are people who are never going to be any. But it's a else. question of when, yeah, right? I know, is but it, I'm just his, saying as yeah. far as the quality of players, they can't play with those other players. Yeah, I mean, and they've never called them like scabs or anything like sure. that because but, they're not really beer like... beer leaguers is, is, is kind of taking a shot at their It skill. is, it is. And Hillary played in that league, uh, and yeah. then she went to the CWHL. Yeah. So It's interesting. Uh, it, it feels divisive and maybe not the best route, but I, I understand there's probably frustration all around on everybody's part. Yeah, and they're kind of leading in uncharted waters mm-hmm. here, right? Yeah, so yeah. it should be... There's probably I, a lot of frustration. There could be some lessons learned by mm-hmm. her. So I, I'm not like saying like she's evil. Sure. Or anything. <laughs> uh, this has been a little bit of a heavy episode, which means that we should probably move on to some segments. Some lighter segments. And I think the first segment that we should go into Quizical? is Quizical? everyone's We Already Did That. You don't see that every day? Everyone's favorite <laughs> segment, which is, of course, Goalie Gear Corner! <laughs> this week's Goalie Gear Corner comes from friend of the pod, Jesse Granger, oh. who tweeted out some great pictures of Dylan Ferguson's new mask from the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, this one was done by Sila Brush. Is he really with the Golden Knights? Yeah, I have a question. I think he's with Chicago Wolves, isn't he? Of the uh, they're the same yeah. organization. Like, who is the backup here for the Golden Knights? I think it's Malcolm Subban, right? Yeah, or Garrett Sparks, or, Sparks. or yeah. Okay, well, listen, he's got a pretty cool Vegas themed mask. Uh, maybe with hopes that he'll move up to be. Didn't wasn't Dylan Ferguson the kid that got like called up last year? Yeah, when the, was it two years so, ago? Two years ago, he played for the Camus Blazers. So he's you, a local WHL. So you guy. never know, right? Like you want to be prepared, especially in Vegas where they were down actually, like their nineteenth string goalie. That I actually one think there's season. a little bit of like gravita there. Like I want to be. The very best. I want to be in Vegas, so I want to put (laughs) Vegas on my mask. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's a really cool mask. Uh, Regardless of where he's actually playing, it's a really cool (laughs) mask. Uh, It's got it's it's mostly red, which I think is pretty interesting. Uh, It's got a slot machine on the side of it with like the three Vegas Golden Knights, as if that's like the winning right line. Uh, On the back, it's got kind of a subtle lion picture which is really cool. It also has kind of a, like, like paper being ripped away almost like to like reveal what's underneath. Yeah, yeah. It's, 
It's, it's nice. all around pretty good. I like, I like it a it. lot. I like it too. Mm-hmm. I think it's awesome, but I, I do question like playing in Chicago with a mask that says Vegas. On yeah, it. or does he only break it up if he gets called up? Maybe. Who knows? Remember, there was always kind of like the argument that oh, Vegas won't do anything that has like a gambling reference for its team name. A lot of people thought it would be the Vegas Aces or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Like, no, no, or something. can't do anything like yeah. that. I love that. There's just. Like no question there that slot he's machine. just got a slot, like a huge <laughs> slot machine on the side of it, right? Well, like they, they've, just... I mean, their their mascot's name is Chance, right? Yeah. That's got a gambling. Yeah, and they they do a lot of stuff like that. I, yeah. I think they have. I think like, they've gotten through yeah. that a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think that's that's. Oh, they could have been, just... been the Vegas Twenty Ones. Yeah. Let's let's go back and change okay. it. <laughs> <sighs> that wraps up this week's Goalie Gear Corner. Andy, I think you also had a goalie tantrum corner that you wanted to discuss. Oh, yeah, I do. I forgot. Okay. Uh, you Give know, me it's... a proper intro, please. Oh, and now Goalie Gear Tantrums. <laughs> no, that's it's that's not even... <laughs> oh, my God. We need, like, a crying baby. At least we're smiling now. All right. So what happened in Goalie, so... goalie Tantrum Corner? Is and then you just said goalie gear tantrums. Goalie, goalie tantrum corner. Yes. What happened in goalie tantrum Boston corner? Boston Brewers were playing the Pittsburgh Penguins, and mm-hmm. they had a 3-0 lead in the first period. Yeah. And they that quickly evaporated and as the Penguins scored four goals in quick succession. Yeah. And after the fourth goal, Yarozov Halak, who at first I mistook for Tuka Rask because of this tantrum. We've all seen Tuka Rask go nuts <laughs> after giving up a goal. I actually tweeted out, oh, classic Tuka Rask going, uh, go, Rask going crazy. Yeah. And someone's like, I don't think that's, I think that's Halak. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. I've just assumed it was, yeah, it was yeah. Tuka Rask. It's... So he, he, he gives up the goal. It was on a breakaway. The kid coming out of a, out of the penalty box. It wasn't really his fault. Yeah, it wasn't his fault no, at all. No, but he, he gets so mad. He just starts slamming his stick on the crossbar. It snaps in half. And then in disgust, he like throws the, the half of the shaft into the corner. Mm. It was pretty great. Tuka Rask and Yaroslav Halak both like breaking their stick against the against the crossbar <laughs> is like the two Spider-Mans. Exactly, right, exactly. I just assumed it was Tuka Rask. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. Darren, it was a pretty you, good rant, though. Have you ever broken a stick in a tantrum? Uh, Were you close on the three-on-three? No, on three? I broke a tennis racket once. <laughs> I was very close in three-on-three, three, but I only had one stick, so I was like... Have you ever thrown a golf club in anger? Uh, I have. I actually broke a golf club once. <laughs> Although that one... I, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like I broke it over my knee. I was doing something stupid and like I tried to like do a baseball swing, and I hit the I hit the ball with the shaft of the club and it broke. It was like a graphite shaft. Yeah. I was a kid, but um, but I did. I broke my tennis racket once. Dang I played it. high school tennis and I lied to my parents and said that I actually feel really guilty about it looking back. But um, <laughs> I gonna, said they, listen, they, listen to this show? they do occasionally. Oh, yeah, no. uh, I said that I was just going after a ball and like ran into the fence and that broke my racket, but. Yeah. I actually, good had, lie. I actually had slammed it on the yeah, ground. Because, so, I mean, I needed them to buy me a new racket then. Like, Well, John McEnroe did it, right? <laughs> yeah, so just you? following after <laughs> yeah. my... Oh, I did actually uh, break my noise-canceling headphones during an editing issue <laughs> right. last week when I realized <laughs> we that, the, that the audio was crackling again. So, uh, so no, I've never broken my goalie stick. <laughs> no goalie tantrum corners. No. You should come out to three-on-three three again. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, speaking of goalies that are being hung out to dry and getting upset about it, uh, right, we were kind of talking about that. Uh, Markstrom, what happened in Vancouver? Uh, where did the Canucks go? He, he threw a little bit of a tantrum after this, too, but uh, it wasn't quite as epic. Yeah. So three-on-three three overtime. Uh, I forget who took the initial shot for Vancouver, but they had two guys down low. One guy coming in from the circle takes a shot, misses the net completely, hits the boards, and ricochets all the way back. Now, the guy who took a shot, it might have been T.J. Miller. J.T. Miller. Sorry, it might have yeah. been JT Miller. 
and his momentum carries him in to running over Quinn Hughes, who then knocks over Bo Hovart. Horvat. <laughs> knocks over Bo Horvat. I've been sick all week. So they're all three out of the play. The three blues on the ice are all by themselves. They picked up they pick up the puck in the zone. It's just three blues and Markham. They they tic tac pass it to each each guy touches it and they score to, for the game winner and and Markstrom did break his stick over the crossbar. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. I felt. I mean, you know, again, not really. His, not really his yeah, fault. He yeah. actually gave it a good effort. He got closest to getting. He's got to make that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's got uh, a three on zero. Oh, come on. So it goes against my argument that you know five guys in the ice have to make a mistake. Before three of them the, did. Right. In this case, it's a three on three overtime. Yes. So there's only only three guys. But that was the first time where I was like, I agree with Darren. Yeah. Those three guys did all make a mistake. <laughs> 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 All right, so I guess that wraps up this week's goalie tantrum corner. Yeah, so we're of calling goalie it? talk. Yeah, goalie, goalie gear tantrum. Goalie, goalie tantrum gear. Yeah. Uh, goalie let's tantrum with gear. Move to a get off my lawn. Oh. Now it's been quite a while since we've had a get off my lawn, but this one apparently belongs to John. Yeah, and I don't, I don't really uh, put a lot of get off my lawns together. No. Yeah, John not too often. Else I would. Yeah. I yeah yeah. You don't <laughs> even have a lawn, John. <laughs> yeah, the, hey, well, I do. I saw okay. a rabbit kind of weeds. This when I yeah. Got here okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was listening to uh, the Philly Carolina game um, last week on XM Radio, XM Radio, okay. or Sirius or whatever uh, satellite radio, and the Philly color guy. Ooh, I'm John. Oh. I have satellite radio. Well, calls. <laughs> yes, sir. Wow. So, Sebastian Aho's name. He refers to him as Sebastian Aho. Ooh. Yeah. Not not like trying to be funny. Oh. He just thought that's how you pronounce okay, it. Okay. So he's mispronouncing mm-hmm. it. So not a pretty. And then and then he kind of goes on a rant like. You know, let's face it. Carolina is not a hockey market. Like I, I understand not saying a traditional market. And then he starts talking about the AHO offer sheet, and mm. he's like, "Oh, everybody was surprised when Carolina uh, matched the offer sheet." I'm like, "Where's this surprised? guy been living?" So to me, he sounds like an a hole. <laughs> he does sound like an a hole. So, oh, so that's what I thought you were trying to say that he was saying it on purpose. No, he was not. Oh. No, he was not. Which so, AHO was he talking about? So this Carolina. Okay, making sure. <laughs> there are two. That's right. So, you got to have the so right so this, this Philly color guy who I refuse to like look up and try to understand. I was going to say, who is this? I don't know. Player? I don't know, but mm. he does the radio, so he's a get off my lawn. All right. Get off my lawn and get off my satellite radio. Hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, the main guy who does the TV for the Rangers, like the, the older guy, what's his name? Rosen, I think. He's like pretty well-respected guy in MSG. Uh, anyway, he always pronounces Marcus and Mikhail Granlund's last name as Gronlund. That's always <laughs> driven me crazy, so I hear you on that. <laughs> I'm just like, this guy is like clearly not qualified for this if he... Anyway. He could be some ex-plugger who, you know, doesn't 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 put the work in. Uh, we also have a Bad Boys. Uh-oh. Yeah, actually, we have two of them. The first one, Columbus Blue Jackets forward Nick Felino has been suspended three games for elbowing Colorado forward Pierre-Edouard Belmar. Guess he shouldn't have done that. <laughs> no. Should, and next time you should try he, not elbowing him. I mean, he, he caught him I pretty don't know. good. Yeah, he caught yeah. him pretty good. It was uh, pretty unsuspecting and... Uh, not a good luck. Yeah. Speaking of bad boys, uh, we also have Evander Kane with a little bit of an off-ice issue. Oh, yeah. Now, it's not his first off-ice issue. This one was quite interesting. And uh, speaking of gambling in Vegas, which we just were, uh, he's being sued by one of the casinos there uh, because he hasn't repaid his gambling markers that he took out apparently during his series last year with the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. For, for a cool half million, yeah. by the way. Yeah, just, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's so what I blow in the casinos all the time. Yeah, so it's the Cosmopolitan Casino. It says that uh, he had taken out eight credits of varying amounts between twenty thousand and a hundred thousand 
on or around April 15th, which would fall somewhere between games three and four of the first round <laughs> playoff series. That was an eventful series on all No fronts. wonder he was so pissy with Reeves. <laughs> he lost that much money. That was brutal. Man. Like, I think that's kind of just going to blow over. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, fortunately, he got... You would think he could pay that. He got yeah. rescued by Don Cherry <laughs> going yeah. crazy and getting fired. So, uh, well, not going crazy. He already was crazy. <laughs> uh, we also have a You Don't See That Every Day. Cole Bardrow of the Islanders scored his first goal. 26-year-old undrafted free agent rookie. First NHL goal, and he scores it via a penalty shot. And I believe it turned out to be the game-winning goal. Yeah. So you don't see that every day. No. Well, and his, and his celebration was awesome. Oh, yeah, the right? whole bench was so all over him. Yeah. I, Did they pour water on him? They didn't pour water on oh. him because there was a lot more time left in the game. But <laughs> this kid broke his neck in college. Ooh, spent wow. six seasons in the minors. He had a neck brace with limited activity allowed before slowly returning to the ice after six months. He was forced to miss some games from back-to-back MCL tears. Oh, God. But still able to rank fourth on the team with goals. So this all happened at Cornell. Then he signed a two-way, two-year contract with Philadelphia, but he broke his hand in the preseason game. Jeez. My God. Started the season on injured reserve and then signed a two-year deal this most recent offseason with the Islanders. Mm. And so, AHL deal, so they started in Bridgeport. Yeah, it was a two-way contract, yeah, though. What a great party. story, though, man. Yeah, and like just to see a celebration. Like, talk about perseverance. And yeah, and, and uh, the bench kind of yeah, like, oh, erupted, yeah. too. The bench that was pretty crazy. awesome. It was, like, it was like it was the you know an overtime winner in the... In the playoffs. Before we get to our weekly one-timers, uh, a quick note, and this probably should be a weekly one-timer, but Big Z, Zdeno Chara, went past 1,500 career games, which leads me to Let's Get Quizzical. Oh, boy. Now, I know we did a mini one at the beginning. That one was actually kind of impromptu. But here's my Let's Get Quizzical for you. Don't start researching. Okay. I see what you're doing. All right. I see you pulling <laughs> it up on your computer. All right. The question is... Patrick Marlowe and Joe Thornton. Okay. Uh... No. Let me read the question first. Yeah. And by read the question, I mean come up with the question in my head. So Zdeno Chara now ranks 21st in career games played. I would like for you two to name for me five of the top ten. John currently has two. <laughs> <laughs> Are these active players? So, uh, it's all time. All time. All yeah. time. Okay. Gordie Wayne Gretzky. Correct. So John is at three. Wayne Gretzky. Gretzky is incorrect. We're what? trying to get in the top 10. Wayne Gretzky is not in the top 10 for games played. Uh, uh, I'm going to give you two chances. Guy Lafleur. Incorrect. Ron Duguay. Incorrect. Oh, I played forever. Uh, Mark Messier. Correct. Luke Robitaille. Incorrect. Oh, Marcel Dion. Incorrect. I totally lost get track of him. Ron Francis. Correct. Oh, yeah! Oh, nice. Yeah. You just got shut out. I totally got shut out. But I, right. I mentioned a pretty good... The guys I mentioned would make a good team. Now you have to run a naked lap around the house. <laughs> I, I, I defer all that to Wade. So, true story, we had... Speaking of naked laps, when we were in college, my senior year, we had this apartment that was a full floor. And uh, it was like, there was like a circle, essentially. And like, you went down the hallways, the, the back hallway, and you'd see each like bedroom right every time that we were playing any kind of a game it would end up we'd end up betting naked laps as like a currency and so there was just this year-long tracker of how many naked laps people had racked up and my personal approach was whenever i got like a big balance i'd wait until we were like having a party and then i'd just start running through the party (laughs) just just get a few laps in and i'd run through you on naked lap naked lap so um so there you go so you have you have one we're gonna start with uh, if i had known that I would have thought more about it. 
So I'm just calling out the first name that popped into my head. All right. We now move on to our weekly one-timers. <laughs> Robbie Fabry of the St. Louis Blues going to Detroit in exchange for Jacob Delarose. I think I liked Robbie Fabry for a little while, but he feel like he had some really bad injury well, issues, this, and it's an interesting trade. Yeah, this is a great this is a great story as well for Robbie Fabry, right? First first rounder by St. Louis in 2014. He burst onto the scene, if I recall. Yep, if I did. recall, I think he in the playoffs, like he made a big impact in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Tore his ACL in the 2016-17 season. Re-injured the knee in training camp for 2017-2018 and missed the entire season. And then this year, he's been a healthy scratch for five games in a row, eight time in 17 games. He just wasn't getting the opportunities with St. Louis. And yeah. so they, they deal him to Detroit. And in his first game, I don't know if you guys tracked this. Yeah, I did. Two goals. Yeah, nice. pretty awesome. He had assist in the next game. So uh, really cool getting the opportunity to play. So um, he, and apparently he... He asked for a trade earlier the prior year because he just realized he wasn't going to get the opportunity. Mm. So good on him. Good stuff. Our next weekly one-timer. Dallas has now revealed its winter classic jerseys. We talked about Nashville's last week. Uh, I really like them. They're green with a a big D and the word stars across it. Uh, The one thing I don't like is that they're going to make them wear like khaki shorts. (laughs) Yeah. With with the uniform, which I don't really understand. (laughs) I like them too, although people are noticing that that the way the stars are, ST and Mm -hmm. the big D, it looks like the STDs Uh, or the STDRs. Okay. I didn't catch that right away. I think you're reaching. If yeah. that's I didn't catch that right away, but I saw a lot of people talking about that. I mean, the khaki shorts are a little bit more obvious of a problem. Uh, I appreciated that they didn't do a North Stars thing. Apparently, that was one of the only oh, things that they said yeah. to Adidas. Uh, they said that they didn't want to have any kind of a North Stars that reference. Would've, that would have made people mad. Right. They wanted it to be their quote-unquote victory green, that they call it. And, uh, Wait, and isn't that their open, mascot name? Yeah, well, Victor E. e. Green. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they were open to uh, different colored pants, and for whatever reason, that meant that they were going to come back with like khaki cargos. So, the, so the now Canucks, they're going to come out looking the like Ranger similar Rick. pants. Yeah, for their stadium series when they right. had the Vancouver Millionaires throwbacks. Uh huh. Very similar. I'm and did they look stupid? Yeah, kind of yes. stupid. Okay. No. Confirmed. Confirmed. But but I will say this: I like Dallas's uh, uh, Winter Classic jerseys more than I like Nashville, so I'm rooting for Dallas. Okay. Interesting. Sorry. Oh, but you don't watch the Winter Classic, I thought. That's true, I don't. No, it's but the all But I will be really oh, yeah, He doesn't watch the all That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the all I don't care Basically, about. he just never watches hockey. Is yeah. What yeah. yeah, never. Yeah. Our next <laughs> weekly one-timer. Friend of the pod, Dave Tippett, had a few things to say about back-to-back games in today's right. world. To back to your hotel and get to sleep and get ready for the 6.30 bus that comes in the morning to pick you up, to take you to the airport. The hotel shuttle van that would take you to the airport and you get on a commercial flight and you get there, have to skate or go to the rink, your gear would still be all wet and you try to go out and find yourself a pregame meal because there wasn't pregame meals then. And so you try to go back to your room. You ever see Slapshot where Paul Newman goes back and lays in his thing and puts a towel on his head? That's about what it was. And then you show up the next day and play and you're tired. Now, guys have something to eat, a milkshake or a pizza right after they get off the ice. They get a nice luxury coach bus to the charter plane to get in here that they got food on the plane. They get in their nice comfy brand new bed at a brand new hotel and they have a nice sleep in in the morning, big pregame meal, nice rest in the afternoon. They show up there, got full energy at night. So it's different. Well, that's a pretty good good uh, narrative on what it was like to play back in the 80s. Yeah. yeah I loved it. It, it, made, it made me laugh. He And, and it 
certainly made the reporters laugh too. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our next weekly one timer. Dowdy is pouty again. <laughs> Drew Dowdy. He's on the record basically complaining about the fact that uh, last time they got smoked, the Kings got smoked by Vancouver. Uh, then he said something like, well, we have no business losing to a team like that. Yep. And um, Vancouver know. ran with it, made T-shirts, and now mm-hmm. he's mad about it. Yeah. Um, he kind of had a point, I thought, because he he said in this thing, he was like, you know, if you really want us to talk and say things and be honest, then you shouldn't attack us when we actually speak our mind and we're honest. I actually don't hate that. I don't particularly love Drew Doughty, but I don't hate that sentiment in this case. I think he still sounds like a whiny little baby I, I would here. I question but... that he got attacked. I yeah. think nobody I mean, misquoted him. I just him. called him a whiny little baby. Yeah. But... <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but nobody nobody misquoted him. Nobody he, outside this basement. Right. Is, right. He was on the record, and he was quoted verbatim, and people had audio recording of There were a lot of people around him, and people thought it was kind of funny, and Vancouver ran with it because they smoked him the next time they played him again, and, it, and somebody asked the Canucks about it, and it came up, and they made T-shirts, so it wasn't like they were... Oh, what a jerk Drew Doughty is. They were like, oh, this is kind of funny. And like, actually, the Carolina Hurricanes commented at the Vancouver Twitter account because they said that team's winning again or something like that. And Carolina said that would look good on a t shirt. Mm. And of course, the Canucks came out the next day with that team mm. or a team like that. So interesting. So that, that's what got Doughty all upset then. Then he's like, oh, that guy, that guy's in Vancouver are making too big of a deal of it. And then, he, then he tried to explain what he meant, but he had plenty of time to explain what he meant. Unacceptable. Uh, our final weekly one timer. Mitch Marner, golden child of Millionaire. the Toronto Maple Leafs, out four weeks. What happened to him? He strained his back carrying bags of money. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> <laughs> strained his back carrying the I'm trying to like channel Toronto that. I'm Maple Leafs. I'm trying to Leafs. channel the Toronto anger. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, so Leafs PR tweets out that Maple Leafs forward Mitch Marner underwent an MRI exam after sustaining an ankle injury in last night's game against Philadelphia. Uh, Marner is expected to be out of the lineup for a minimum of four weeks at which point he will be reassessed by the at Maple Leafs medical staff. Hashtag Leafs forever. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that Leafs with a number four ever? <laughs> no. Okay. No, <laughs> no. Spell it out. Leafs forever. Uh, that came out on November I, 9th. The, um, the people are a little prickly in Toronto. It's yeah. not surprising about the start of the Leafs. And, yeah, yeah. I guess it's and not I wonder, you know, there, there was some bad blood named at him because of the holdout this summer. Mm-hmm. I guess it wasn't really even a holdout, that he wanted more money. And, yeah, but he was back in time. I know. But there were Whatever. still people who were angry at him. I mean, we saw the thing with the Ugh. dog, and I'm just wondering if they're going to, like, get mad now that he's hurt. Like, mm. how dare he get hurt Did after we pay him? Did you the dog? Oh, remember the remember dog? The dog, was, the dog was from attacked the... uh, Crime Dog McGrath. <laughs> yeah. or, they uh, had the dog attacking the scoop, guy in the Marner jersey. Scoop Dog? Yeah. McScoop. Yeah. McScoop. McScoop. Yeah. Scoop, scooper. Yeah. <laughs> the <That> news was... <laughs> dog. <laughs> the guy. That was in September. Yeah. Oh. But that was aimed at Mitch Marner. Yeah. That's true. Oh, I before never, he signed. I never forget, John. We close out the show <laughs> with games on the radar. Andy, what do you have for your game my, on the radar? My game on the radar is this Saturday, mm-hmm. which is Go the on. 16th okay. Go on. of November. Okay. On uh, Joe TV, local game on TV, Portland Winterhawks at Seattle Thunderbirds. Okay. And there's going to be an expert doing the color commentary on that, at that game. Who'd they get? From they Vancouver. got me. Oh, what? I will be doing the color commentary on that game. All right, all right. Oh, that's what very time cool. is it at? Six o'clock. Six Joe o'clock? TV. Okay. It's a CW, whatever that is in Portland, if you're in Portland, but Joe mm-hmm. TV here in Seattle. Very cool. Cool. 
Uh, and then, John, your game on the radar. What do you have? Uh, well, it's Hall of Fame weekend. Ooh. So there's oh. actually, they call it the Hall of Fame game. <laughs> well, well, sounds like something you'll listen to on your serious radio. Mm. I'm not doing the color commentary on that game. <laughs> uh, the Leafs versus Bruins, you're not doing that? No, anyway, no. Uh, Leafs versus Bruins on Friday. I think they bring out the Hall of Fame inductees. Who are? Who are Guy Carboneau. Valiv Namadowski. Oh, not oh, close. Love him. That love was him. not close. <laughs> Valklav? Valklav Nedimansky. Oh, I apologize. Yeah. To, to, to all him. the Nedimanskys yeah. out there. <laughs> Haley Wickenheiser and Sergei Zubarov, and that's a Oh, me. man. Sergei Zubov. <laughs> Zubov, Zubarov. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. That was a Hall of Fame read. So, Sergey Zubov, though, right? We talked about him, I think it was a few weeks ago, actually. We did. Right? There was that argument. I made the argument, in fact, that I didn't think he should be in the Hall of Fame just because he wasn't the name that sticks out from his team in my in my brain. But he gets in, much to my chagrin. What did you say? He's getting his number retired in Dallas. I guess. I don't know. Is he? Yeah. Maybe they'll hang up some khaki shorts to go with it. <laughs> Two other people getting inducted to the Hall of Fame on actually Monday is when the actual ceremony is. Jim Rutherford, uh, GM, he was GM of the Carolina Hurricanes for a while and, and now the current GM for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then Jerry York, who's like a legendary college hockey player. And coach. Uh, coach right. for the Boston University. I think BU, yeah. 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 What uh, what they, happened to your brain? What are they, the Terriers? Just now. Late, terriers? It's Terriers. terriers? Yeah. 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 It's a fierce mascot. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, cool. And my game on the radar is November 15th, which is actually, so that's the same night as the oh, quote so unquote Hall of Fame game. Yeah. Uh, why do you say quote unquote as if he's, mm-hmm. as if it's not really the Hall of Fame game? I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> the so-called Hall of Fame That's what they're game. calling it. Alleged. So. <laughs> Alleged. <laughs> uh, Montreal at Washington, Ooh. the NHL.TV free game. Uh, now I put this on here specifically because... I've been dumping on Washington quite a bit in terms of their watchability. I have a, a friend who I ran into at this wedding this past week who I've, I've actually only met her a few times. She's a really close friend of the bride at the wedding that I was at, and she's a huge Washington Capitals fan. And I met her first uh, way back, I think, in March, and I told her about our podcast, and she's been listening to every episode. Uh-oh. And she's a big Capitals fan, and she dumped on me for dumping on her Capitals. Wow. So I am going on the record and saying that I'm going to try, if I have time, to watch this <laughs> Washington Capitals game. Busy Maybe. So, but shout out to Jess. Thank you for continuing to listen. And uh, who knew that Darren was so easily intimidated by the by the listeners? Yeah, I know. I really am. I can be pretty much bullied into everything. <laughs> so, anyway, that wraps up episode sixty. Thank you again to Limitless NW for the great five star review. Thank you to you all for listening and subscribing. Thanks to Wade. Yeah, thanks to Wade for your hard work. Sorry for uh, not ever being able to give you any sharp objects, but, you know, you keep working. Safety first. One of these days, maybe we'll give it a try. We want an OSHA claim. Yeah. Uh, Subscribe. We'll talk to you all next week. Thanks so much. Cheers.